It's Under the Dome Radio, the full discussion and fan feedback show for Season 3, Episode 11, entitled Love is a Battlefield, recorded August 30th, 2015. Welcome to the Battlefield of Love. For Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome, it's episode 70 of Under the Dome Radio, and the blog post will be at underthedomeradio.com slash 70. And if you'd like to leave us some feedback, we encourage you to do so. Just visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. We are a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Check out our other podcasts that will make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. We are also sponsored by lynda.com. Get yourself a 10-day free trial. Learn something awesome and new. Visit lynda.com slash dome for all the details. And me, I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting Green Bay Packers fan who wants to send out this brief invitation for you to join Troy and I on the Packers Fan Podcast at PackersFanPodcast.com. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, and I'll be bringing the sass this week because... (laughs) That's what it's going to be when we talk about, number one, being late on our recording. Apologies, my bad. Other podcast Wayne just mentioned, had to make a trip up to Mecca, our Mecca, that is, Lambeau Field. And so we had to push us back two days, but we will still get out all of the awesomeness that we saw with Love is a Battlefield. We certainly will, because we have a plethora of listener feedback that we can't wait to share with you, because it is all amazing stuff. That it is. That it is. So we will get there as quickly as possible. But first, we have some stuff we got to cover tonight. Do we not, Sir Wayne? We do, Sir Troy. We are going to cover a little bit of breaking news with ratings and things that may or may not be going on. Then we've got requests and dedications. We're going to close the loop on last week's episode, as well as uh, Under the Dome, the thought-provoking question of the week. If we had one, I forget. It's been a number of days. Then we're going on the air, where Troy and I talk a little bit about uh, stuff we found interesting on this week's Under the Dome. Then we're getting to our favorite part, the on location, where we've got you, the diehard fans of Under the Dome Radio, with your voicemails feedback thoughts and theories then we will wrap up with an investigative report a little bit of information about next week's episode it could be considered spoilery but we will warn you ahead of time so let's get things underway shall we try apparently summer is still where the dome lives and the dome is still getting the ratings that we don't care about according to nina tassler we've mentioned this before but here they are anyway just because it's something to talk about (laughs) love is a battlefield came in with a 0.93 share in the 18 to 49 demographic with a whopping 4.6 million viewers for the live plus same day viewership And then, of course, the DVR numbers for the week of August 9th, which was the Breaking Point episode where we all were just about done with the dome after that fake projection system planetarium debacle that it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for some reason, the DVR still helped it out because it made it the number one show that week with the DVR numbers, giving it a 0.8 kicker to go up to a 1.5 in the demo. And then, of course, 2.7 million viewers watched it over the weekend before they went over to Amazon and then that brought it up to a 6.6 million take for number of bodies watching the dome, preparing for the kinship to evacuate this calcifying disaster. I think the only logical explanation is that I've heard so many people telling other folks about how horrible the show is this season and how each week is almost worse than the last that I think people are tuning in just to see if their leg was being pulled or if it really is a train wreck. Yeah, we had one of our friends, even Mr. Jim from Nebraska, who's called in a few times to the program, and he's like, I'm actually going to see if I can watch this just to see how bad Wayne and Troy said it was on the reaction cast. We were like, don't do it. Don't do it. Save yourself, (laughs) Jim. And then he went and did it. And then he went and did it. And he was like, yep. Oh, my goodness. Well, with that, let's go ahead and fire up the amethyst and propane special mixture we have, crank up the Pat Benatar, and go on the air. We're 
We're going ahead to run down Love is a Battlefield for you. We can't do it the service that our good friend Mikey can, so be sure to check out MikeyDislikesIt.com for the better recap. But in short order, what happens is you have gun smoking, Nori shooting poor uh, Harriet in the head, and of course, they, it saves Julia's life. So they run back, and then Big Jim's all pissed off because, oh, they could have seen you, and you brought him back to our hideout, and why are you doing that? And he's all yelling at him, and of course... Then Julia's like, well, the baby's coming because all these virgins died. And then they have to go figure out what's going on and save the world. The end. No, just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> that about sums up a lot of it. Because Christine is dying. Hallelujah. That's, That's the best bad. news all week. And uh, Junior is uh, kind of rolling around in the ground. He's going to runs up against dear old dad and dear old dad captures him because they've got to get a specimen to try this on that is fully engaged in the alien DNA. So... Junior comes back with Big Jim to the uh, safe house, a.k.a. preschool, and agrees to get injected with the DNA sample. And then, of course, he totally fakes it and gets Big Jim to untie him. Oh, the bleeding heart of Big Jim. Wasn't it just a few days ago that he shot his son in the shoulder? Just saying. It was. And then he, of course, pushes Big Jim across the room in the best push special effect you've ever seen on television. I can't believe how far Big Jim flied. It was amazing. And, of course, that lets Junior escape because Joe is, in the meantime, figuring out how to take that gigantic rock, that amethyst they dug up out of the ground. You remember that thing? Well, he's got to take it and split it into seven pieces that are of equal size and value in order to basically power the dome, which will also allow them to bring down the dome because, apparently, seven amethysts plus one egg equals key. How's that for math on a podcast? To bring down the dome. The problem is, is that they got seven amethysts where are they going to get an egg? Just saying. Somebody, I just know, is going to be laying one any day now. And what if he was just a little bit off and only made six amethysts? They would be toast. They would be toast. But there could be an egg hiding somewhere over in Acteon Energy because our good friend Hunter, still bound to a wheelchair, actually shows Nori the uh, information about Patrick which then they tell Lily. Lily gets mad at Hector, and now everybody's crying, and there's all this drama, drama, drama under the dome. And then, of course, we have to worry about Patrick, and even if this thing calcifies and they don't get out, or if they do get out, there's still an alien outside the dome in Zenith. And what are we going to do about that? Because Hector said blow up the door as we go through, so they can't even get that egg into the dome that's on the outside of the dome, still over at Acteon. Oops. With that being said, Joe rocks out to Pat Benatar, figures out what's going on, and then we get a nice walk in the woods with Christine and Joe. And Christine and Joe are basically having a conversation about, oh, oh, was Troy right? Multiple enemies, potentially, because Christine says, someone attacked our world. And let me tell you, when we flew through space to get here, it wasn't a pleasant trip, and Earth kind of sucks. So they're not happy to be there, and as much as the humans are happy that the aliens are there, but apparently something else is coming. Dun, dun, dun. And then, of course, we go ahead and finish out the episode with getting the rocks off as Mikey puts it on his thing. The amethyst breaks open. They're ready to go, but not before we have, that's right, Star Child Baby coming out thanks to Julia and Barbie because Barbie shoves Ava's feet up way in the air. Julia slams her arm right into her actual child and pushes that baby out as hard as she could. <laughs> I about died. It was the craziest thing you've ever seen. No wonder women don't want to have childbirth. And we know that it's an alien baby because Ava breastfeeds through her shirt. Yes. And then for some reason, she turns all hulkish purple veins and all screening from her body shoves Babs out a window just before Christine comes in and says, oh, the family is complete and then takes the child Lays them on the bed. Number one, parents, brand new newborns, you don't lay your baby on a bed because the baby could roll off, just saying, and turns around and kills Ava, dead with a pillow. Oh, my gosh. We do not write this stuff. We just talk about it. Yeah, we, we, we're we just, uh, you know, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> we just report on it. And let's just say I've previewed all the listener feedback and uh, some of the topics you brought up, they're covered in some very interesting detail coming up. I can't wait to share those with you. But all of that aside, nothing will even compare to the promo for next week when we, I swear I've seen the exact same scene with the exact same prop with the exact same color scheme in another Amblin Entertainment television show. 
back in season four, a.k.a. Fox guys. Hashtag deleted scene, question mark. Oh, hashtag prequel, hashtag Amblin crossover. What? Hashtag queen alien invasions left and right every week. I'm calling it now. Star child will grow from baby to 12 year old in one episode. Oh, it's absolutely guaranteed because that's how it works. I mean, remember Hank gave us the full rundown. We can expect it. Do not be shocked. Okay. So I ha- the one question that does actually make some kind of sense is Christine talking about we needed seven amethysts and an egg. So where are they going to get an egg from? Is there another egg potentially in the dome in Chester's Mill? I think right before Christine finally uh, kicks the bucket, she'll uh, lay an egg. Oh, you're going to say she's going to pass an egg like she passed that pregnancy test stone <laughs> right out of her hey, open wound in her stomach? Does that sound any less crazy than what we've witnessed over the past couple of months? It does not. There you it go. So not. I'm just throwing that out there. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly have nothing else. Um, I'm. I'm not shocked that the DNA test thing didn't work because they picked up Christine's hair from the bottom of a barn and it could have been Julia's red hair. It could have been Indy's red hair. It could have been a horse's hair for all we know. There's, I think it's my red hair. And I'm, and I'm just shocked that they were able to find it, you know, needle in a haystack. Anybody <laughs> just saying. So it does not surprise me that the cure did not work. And of course, junior basically kicked dad's butt once again, <laughs> eye for an eye. That's what I say. Anything that you wanted to cover besides Julia and Hector? I think that was probably one of the better scenes when Julia's like, you drink this if you think it's going to work. I've got nothing else. Oh, my goodness. What a weird episode. Again, check out MikeyDyslexit.com. It's a great write-up. It's funny. You'll you'll laugh until you're blue in the face or blue in the egg or purple yeah, or, in the egg. Yeah, purple veins all over your body from laughing too hard. Make uh, sure you're covered with a white sheet, though. I dare ask for your rating this week, Sir Wayne. My rating this week, let's see. I'm going to give this episode three out of ten amethysts cut into seven pieces. Uh, carry the one. Yeah, not very good. I am going to give this one a three also. Three fathers of the year. <laughs> Oh man, Barbie, he goes the extra mile, man. What can he what can't he do? Oh, yeah, and and I just even didn't even think about it now. The reason why I said fathers was because it was Barbie and Big Jim both doing stupid things for their children in this episode. <laughs> crazy. Oh, crazy. That might be crazy, your, crazy. That could be your lowest rating yet, Troy. I swore I gave out a Did I not give out a 2 earlier this year? I'm not sure. And that was high for a while. Let me tell you, you know, after breaking point, I thought, okay, it's getting a little bit better. I'm excited with this whole like introduction of Patrick and all of that stuff that was going on. And then this episode came and it was like, she's breastfeeding through her shirt. Like we can't even like take the time to get that right. That's so, so bad. And I'm not fixated on it for any reason. I just like, it was so blatantly obvious that it was like, oh my goodness, just Bad props, bad, bad directing, bad everything. It was just bad. bad and bad I have a, I have a feeling the writers would try to say, "Now look, it's an alien baby. They breastfeed through sheets. That's just how it's done on their home planet." <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a filter or something, right? Yes, filter out the human part and just get the alien part. Exactly. Do you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> uh, stop now before we go too far. <laughs> okay. Okay, so with that, Big Jim Quippy Liners from last week, that part is still actually kind of fun, and I have to say and declare that our best Big Jim line was none other than Big Ann, that's right, Raggedy Ann is with us, came in with 100% of the vote last week, so that was really exciting. Wow, it's unanimous, and I totally agree. The the Big Jim Quippy Liners, that that's what gave this episode as high of a rating for me as a three. Now, my only problem was, was I might have given this a four or a five if all the Big Jim Quippy liners did not occur in the first three minutes of the show, because that's where they both are this week. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to figure out which two we're going to play. So with that, let's just talk about what Big Jim just may or may not kill. No, what were you thinking, sneaking off like that? You're not my dad. I can do what I want. Oh, sass? Now we get sass? Look, 
Your actions affect all of us. You could have led those freaks straight here to us. But she didn't, okay? She saved my life, so take it easy. We've got bigger problems anyway. Oh, you mean Barbie? This little side piece uh, lure him back to Alien Town? No, but their baby is going to be here sooner than we thought. Nori and I just saw her. She looks almost full term. And I'm pretty sure 12 girls just died to make it the world's shortest pregnancy. Well, then we got to kill her. We gotta put her down before that thing comes out. Why is that your solution to everything? Killing the problem. I'm sure you like stepping on spiders, too. Well, if the spider has a queen baby inside that's gonna wipe out the entire human race, that kind of spider, yeah, I think I'd kill it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, when you think about it, he's got a great point. Okay. He really does. I mean, you know, we don't want him to needlessly kill a bunch of people, but if that spider has an alien baby that's going to wipe out the human race, you know, that's a good argument. Speaking from someone who's actually stepped on one of those giant spiders that has an actual egg sac, when you step on the spider, guess what happens? All the baby spiders scatter. It's not a good idea. <laughs> Instead of killing one, now you got to kill a thousand. So don't kill the, don't kill the mama is what I'm recommending because it was creepy looking. It was like, and then it was like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. Arachnophobia in my house. But when Dean Norris said sass, now we get sass, now it's gold. Side piece is all I'm going to remember from that. That too. Oh my goodness. Well, we are going to go with hashtag big spider because spider babies was all anybody was talking about over the weekend. Yeah, pretty much. Oh my goodness. Uh, The second one came right after that as they were talking about what would happen if the spider babies would actually escape the dome. This cure of yours, you really think it'll work? You said you didn't need it. I believe you said love was the answer. And now I'm admitting that might not be enough. Glad to hear it. Dr. Bloom has already synthesized the base formula. All we need now is a specimen of Christine Price's DNA. You'll need a test subject to try it on, right? I can be your lab monkey. Well, that's very generous of you. But it's necessary to have a subject in whom the infection is full-blown. I have a question. Joe, he's working on this thing to bring the dome down. What if he finishes it before you can get this cure to work? What if they get out? Well, then we have a bunch of creepy crawlies that can have babies in three days going forth and prospering. That's not going to happen. I told you I'd get Christine Price's DNA. I'll get it. So here, Big Jim is quoting both Star Trek and the Bible. <laughs> Go Some forth people. and make disciples or live long and prosper and squishes them together. <laughs> oh, what are we going to call that, that one? Hashtag big. Uh, I said hashtag big prosper. Big. Pro- oh, I like that. Big prosper. <laughs> <laughs> and on a side note, can you picture that actor when he's getting his lines? Hunter or whoever it was. Uh, okay, this is the part where I've got to really have conviction. Oh, I'll be your lab monkey. He wanted to die earlier, so hey, at least he's being consistent. <laughs> but I bet he never thought in his entire acting career he would say, I can be your lab monkey. <laughs> Just saying. Good stuff, so good stuff. hashtag big spider or hashtag big prosper. That's right. You can vote on Clamor, C-L-A-M-M-R.com. Register for an account if you have not yet this season. And once you're there, you can go to our show notes for this episode under the domeradio.com slash 70. They'll hopefully be up first thing in Monday morning. So that way, when you go to under the domeradio.com slash 70, listen to this episode, scroll down to where we have all the links and stuff, and then you can click right there on those links, hashtag big spider, hashtag big prosper. And that will take you right to the clamor. You can listen to them again. And then, of course, vote for your favorite. Awesome, awesome stuff. Well, that'll do it for the Quippy Liners this week. What else we got going on here, Sir Wayne? Well, before the new queen takes over the entire kinship, you need to make sure that you have all the talents necessary to succeed in this scary new world. So that's where lynda.com comes into the picture. If you visit lynda.com slash dome, you'll get 10 days of free learning, jumpstart a new skill, master your current skill, whatever you need to do so that you will have the most valuable skills, whether you're outside the dome or under the dome. Very true, very true. And it's always a struggle when you are trying to keep secrets from the ones you love under the dome, the ones you think you're trying to protect. But really, you lie because you just don't have the right tools for a healthy, open dialogue. And that's where communication tips with Tatiana and Brenda come in. 
In order to lead or manage others, you need to master these communication skills. So they offer up a series of weekly tips for communication experts, Tatiana Kuklov and Brenda Bailey-Hughes. They'll actually help you hone those communication skills. That way you can help deal with difficult people, maybe influence others, and speak confidently in public at a moment's notice, and so much more. You can tune in every single Wednesday once you have your annual premium membership for invaluable communication tips, which come out every single week, including all five weeks you've been under the dome. <laughs> if it's even been that long. That's right. LYNDA.com slash dome will give you access to over 3,000 video courses taught by expert teachers like Tatiana and Brenda on any device you wish, even a Microsoft Surface tablet. And most importantly, citizens of Chester's Mill, you can even watch them offline if you have an annual premium membership, which is a good thing because Acteon, the Queen, Alien, the, the Third Faction, they're all going to mess with the internet. You just know that's how they're going to try to take us down. So start your 10-day learning journey today at lynda.com slash dome. That's lynda.com slash dome. Try it free today. And with that, the best part of the show, your listener feedback it's going to be really interesting, and I'm so glad that we are... We're all in this together. That is right. Where shall we start tonight, Sir Hank? I'll let you play voicemail roulette. Where would you like to go? Well, as you mentioned, Sir Hank, I think we should go ahead and play Sir Hank first off. Okay, sounds good. Hi, guys. This is Hank calling in from the Falling Skies Fan Podcast, which, sadly enough, is coming to an end after a five-season run. And it looks like you guys might be coming to an end as well after watching the last few episodes of Under the Dome. This episode was a toughie to watch. However, there were some nuggets in here that were a lot of fun. The first one, Big Jim, being gullible, he wanted to believe that his son was cured and that they could have a different life. And I thought that was a really well done scene between him and Junior. He wants them to start over. And team up on the family business. This is one of the rare times we've seen Big Jim truly humanized. And it was really cool to see. And I was just hoping for him that Junior was cured. But you knew deep down when they kept talking about the restraints that he wasn't. A reporter Julia is. A midwife she is not. She might as well have taken a rolling pin to... Ava's belly, the way she drug her arm across her stomach to force labor. I thought that was ridiculous, but it was hilarious. It just made the episode even that much more fun to watch. Why not have an accelerated birth process since everything else has been accelerated? Why not have the baby in about two minutes? Barbie letting Ava breastfeed the baby. I mean, you know, on our Falling Skies fan podcast, we hand out the stupid mic award. For the character that does the dumbest thing on the episode. And Barbie stopping to do that was an idiot. I mean, what did he think was going to happen? You're just going to let her feed on her mother's milk that is uh, full of the kinship power source? Whatever. The effects of the baby nursing was, oh, those were hilarious. And I was so glad to see Ava go. She's been a fun actress on the show, but it was past time for her to head off into the sunset and it couldn't happen to a nicer alien i can't wait to find out what happens from here you know as silly as some of the stuff is it's still a lot of fun to watch and thanks for making the podcast a heck of a lot of fun as well thanks guys you are very welcome, Hank. Thank you so much for your message. And you and your co-host, Alex, have done a fantastic job on the Falling Skies Fan Podcast for five seasons. It'll be sad to have that go. One more episode actually coming on in about an hour, but uh, then you'll have your episode recapping it all. But Troy, Hank brings up a lot of fantastic things and a slightly different way of looking at this episode. Yes, I absolutely agree with him. I love the nuggets that were here, especially those virgin white kind. Chicken nuggets, that is. The ones that laid the egg, but I think the egg uh, came first. Right. Is that honey barbecue sauce? Oh, yeah. I, I like the Chick-fil-A special sauce. You have to ask oh. for it, though. That's the key. You didn't Yo. know. You got to yes. ask for the special sauce. Oh, I am right with you there. The Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not been to Chick-fil-A, 
and had either chicken nuggets or even their waffle fries and get their signature sauce, that stuff is liquid gold from the heavens above. Oh, literally, because it's gold colored. <laughs> well, true. But I mean, I literally could take shots of that sauce. Oh, do not do that. You might get an accelerated pregnancy. So then I won't because I don't want anybody with a rolling pin coming. Oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, Barbie being possibly uh, a kin, kinship to a stupid Mike award. That's kind of funny. I like that he brought that up because we're both listeners of his show. And yeah, stupid Mike award. Barbie definitely gets this week. Accelerated birth process for an accelerated pregnancy. I agree 100%, Hank. Comedy gold. No one, not even Letterman or Jimmy Fallon or Kimmel or anybody could write that stuff. Uh, that's well put. And then another Falling Skies kind of crossover moment was earlier in the episode when we're talking about the fact that Junior's rolling on the ground. It was very much reminiscent of a rolling Mason on the Falling Skies show. Very so true. I. I think that they are one in the same show, just on different networks. And it's a, like we said, I think Under the Dome is truly the prequel to Falling Skies. And if it does end up tying into each other, epic. Then it, get, <laughs> then it would get an Emmy. <laughs> I won't even know what to say. Well, this one is actually from a fellow Under the Dome podcaster who couldn't even wait to do his show. He had to talk about it, so he decided to call into ours. So here it is from Solo Talk Media and the Under the Dome podcast. Here is Mark. Hey guys, Mark DeCote here from the Under the Dome podcast over at solotalkmedia.com. Well, I just finished recording my double take episode for this week. So I have Under the Dome fresh in my mind, but since I'm not recording my full discussion podcast for several more days, I just had to vent. And I thought, what better way than to send something in to my good buddies, Wayne and Troy at Under the Dome Radio. Now I have to tell you, Every week, I sit down in front of my TV, pick up the remote control, and start it up for Under the Dome, and I'm thinking in my head, there's no way this week can be worse than last week. But somehow, the good people over at CBS find a way. I mean, come on. Julia literally found a hair in a haystack. I mean, a needle would have been easier to find. And not only did she find a hair in a haystack, but using her brilliant journalistic reporting skills that we've come to know from her, she automatically deduces that it's Christine's hair. It's like, come on, people. And I would love to know what drug and how much of it Barbie put in that steaming hot tea that that minute sip that Ava took was enough to knock her out. And science high school prodigy Joe all of a sudden is a master gemsmith? All I could say at that is, Rebecca Pine would be so proud of you, Joe. And the baby scene. You know something? I feel really sorry for the millions of women each year that have to suffer through long, intense labor. When, obviously, all they need is somebody to push their forearm on their belly and pop that baby out just like you were squeezing a tube of toothpaste. It would be so much easier on them. I actually had to rewind and watch that scene twice because it was just so stupid. But honestly, guys, you know what the worst thing is? According to TV by the numbers, Live Plus 7 ratings, Under the Dome has been the highest rated show for several weeks in a row. What's going on here? Has the kinship's influence somehow leaked outside the dome, causing millions of people to tune in against their will? I don't know, but I just sure hope that this phenomenon doesn't convince some exec over at CBS to check off the Renew for Season 4 box next to Under the Dome. I don't know if I could handle that. Well, thanks, guys. I think that'll hold me over until my podcast later this week. You two have been great listeners. Therapy is what we provide, Mark, (laughs) for anybody, podcaster or fan. It is crazy how they just keep finding a way to make the show even more strange week in week out and from reports uh, from people that i talked to at podcast movement that were in the room with uh, some of the folks from the under the dome cast and production uh they think they're actually doing a really good thing and taking it fairly seriously but mark brings up a great point that i didn't even consider and mark thank you so much for your message and for bringing up the fact that it did not take very much of that hot tea to totally knock ava out Almost instantaneously. What was that poison he put in there that he knew would not hurt the baby? Well, didn't you know that you never should get into a war of words with a Sicilian? (laughs) (laughs) Touche, Sir Troy. Touche. (laughs) That whole... (laughs) Inconceivable. 
Oh my goodness. Oh, and then Joe, Rebecca Pine would be so proud. Please bring back the science teacher. (laughs) You never would hear us say that in season two. (laughs) We take back everything we ever said about Rebecca Pine and even uh, Maxine. We take it all back. (laughs) Uh, Because a gem smith he may be, but a master singer he is not. Uh, No. No, not at all. So I'm going to make sure that I uh, I use my forearm when I brush my teeth later tonight because I got to make sure things are minty fresh. <laughs> yeah, but luckily, Mark is sharing his uh, concern and empathy for women that go through long, needless uh, birthing sessions when this could easily solve it and make it fast and simple and your baby will grow up faster, too. I, I think he's onto something there, but I'm pretty sure that if you use the Julia method of birthing, that the same result would happen. Baby would be born and mommy would die. <laughs> oh, that's true. I thought you were going to say the baby would be born and it would be an alien. <laughs> <laughs> it could be possible, too, because of all the deformity that you would be doing for pushing on its brain as you're trying to get it out the... Oh, my goodness. Anyways, and Mark, I have the answer for you and why this is still the number one show of the summer, because the better show, Wayward Pines, went off the air. Amen. Amen. I think that answers that question. And other than falling skies, there is nothing else of consequence on during the summer. And I can tell you this, Mark, uh, you don't have to worry about them actually looking at those live plus seven numbers because ratings don't matter. They only worry about the check from Amazon. Oh, man, that is so much like the uh, New Media Expo podcast awards. They made money. It doesn't matter how horrible and offensive and ridiculous they were. And I was nominated for one of those awards for my other podcast. And I was like, oh, why are we associated with this? Anyways, moving on. (laughs) Thanks so much, Mark, for calling in. I can't wait to listen to your podcast later this week (laughs) because it's going to be filled with comedy gold as well. He's got great stuff there. Uh, We also heard from Justina on Facebook who said, Sir Wayne, Sir Troy, feedback for Under the Dome Radio. Here we go. Trying to synthesize a cure with a hair from a dying queen, if it really is even hers, that's not going to work. That DNA is corrupted and degraded. Go for the baby's blood, especially the stem cells from the umbilical cord. You might get somewhere with that. Those cells might be able to fuse with the human blood in an infected person and actually cure them. So that's a great point from the more medical point of view that this hair, it this is not once upon a time where a strand of hair is going to blend with magic and, and solve that. I think that's a whole different show. Our problem here, though, is that we only have two episodes left. So unless they're going to accelerate the storyline, there's no time to steal the baby and actually get its blood and stem cells in order to make this happen. Because since Ava died, the umbilical cord wouldn't even be worth anything anyway, because it'll have been shriveled up by the time someone finds her in the motel. Troy, did you just use the phrase, we only have two episodes left? We only have two episodes left. I'm excited. Uh, Justina continues. Secondly, Nori says she doesn't feel anything. Does this mean she's coming out of remission and will be kinship Nori again next week? Mm, That's a good question. I do not know. I was wondering this whole, like, I don't feel anything. I'm a zombie because I killed somebody. Is this just her dealing with the fact of her... you know, you hate to say that they're actually going somewhere with the storyline, but you know, is she dealing with her humanity because she had that talk with the creepy uncle who said, you know, once you kill somebody, you'll be changed and you'll be different. So is it really mm. more that concept or nah. is it something that's leading her back to the kinship? I think it has something to do with the kinship, especially since Junior, you know, he was given that stuff that was supposed to cure him and that didn't work. The kinship must be extra strong. And Justina wraps up number three. Joe says the music helps make him think. So if he can line up the crystals to make the tone to bring down the dome and mix in a song that wakes up the people, that's another option for a possible cure. Hurry, search the radio station for Don't Stop Believing" by Journey and hold on to that feeling. Just a few ideas that Justina had. Thanks for keeping this podcast on the air. And Justina, thanks very much for that message. Excellent points. And they should take this into consideration. Yes, because uh, Pat Benatar brain down the dome. No journey. Absolutely. Because it would technically fit in because they're on a journey to evacuate. I still think that the best possible musical tones that could bring back down the dome was I saw I, YouTube videos appearing when I was just searching for things in my area. And I totally missed my chance last week 
to see Motorhead on their 40th anniversary tour just down the street away, basically over in Riverside. I think if loud Motorhead music was played under the dome, I think that could solve a lot of issues there in Chester's Mill. I'd be excited to see that as well. And you missed it. Oh, I can't believe I missed it. But uh, luckily, at least a few people had uh, their cell phones videotaping the Ace of Spades. Nice. Nice. All right. Additional drama continues under the dome. We have a new caller. You heard from him very briefly last week. Let's see what Dr. Awesome has to say this week. Queen, Troy, the doctor is in. Allow me to introduce myself. I am Dr. Awesome. Last week, you've received a transmission stating I am here now. No more blind spots. And then I was cut off. You thought I was talking about the dome. About everything that's happened with Chester's Mill. When in reality, isn't this all been about one stranded man, hasn't it? I'm talking, of course, about your little friend, Aaron. I see all he does, every move, every transmission made, and he is the key to all my problems. This means he is a threat, and threats to my cause must be dealt with. Why do you think the chopper never reached him? Coincidence. No, Mr. Aaron must be dealt with. No, he needs to be dealt with. Doctor's orders. We got some real life drama going on on the podcast, Wayne. I admit that I'm a little bit scared. (laughs) I think I am too. Um, If your mission, Dr. Awesome, is to keep dome on the air for season four then we'll have to side with aaron but anything else we'll side with you just because you're creepy sounding dude <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome i am i aaron if you get rescued and, and you hear this this is much like i think having a comic book um anti-hero an alter ego um be very careful aaron dr awesome is on the case now, I tried to get, after we heard from Aaron last week, Troy, I did contact the chopper and tried to get them to go back to make sure that we can rescue Aaron once and for all. Do we have an update, Sir Troy? Yes, Aaron was able to get a transmission to us. Take it away, Aaron. Wayne, Troy, it's, you know, this is becoming the only thing keeping me sane is talking to you guys here on Under the Dome Radio. You know... This week was a very interesting episode. Of course, we have the birth, Ava's baby, and, uh, you know, I just, I really expected the child to be more butterfly-like and less human-like, especially with all the movements that were showing in Ava's stomach, but, uh, okay, and, uh, wow, is Joe supposed to be like a super smart student genius prodigy sort of thing? Because he sure knows how to find frequencies and he sure knows how to drill amethysts. Uh, smart guy, I guess. And um, I, uh, I just thought it was weird when Joe and Angie and Junior you know, took their hands off the mini dome and all those spots went on the barn. That just kind of freaked me out. Um, you know, I thought it was ridiculous how Ava had to die in that way. I, uh, I thought Christine would be the one who would die since she keeps saying her role is up. But, you know, I just wonder if next week we're going to find out what happens to Julia since Maxine shot her. 
And I, I really hope Julia can survive, because if the dome comes down and there's no Julia, then what's the point, you know? And, uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, I just think it's ridiculous how Barbie cares so much about this, this baby dying when it's not even his child, really. It's a weird alien half-breed thing. How, how, how can, how can he care about this baby that's not even his when, ah, Julia may be dying from the gunshot wound inflicting from Maxine? And what is with Joe and Angie and Junior seeing Big Jim and that they should stab him? Or I, I don't understand what that means. Oh my goodness, I, Wayne Troy, I'm, I'm not sure what it's, what's happening. It's like I, I keep seeing season one, episode eleven things. I, I, I oh, my nose is bleeding. What is it? I, I never get nosebleeds. What does this mean? What in the Wayne Troy? Please send the helicopter back. I don't think I have much time. Wayne, Troy, can you hear me? Under the dome radio.com. <laughs> Aaron, we heard you loud and clear, and we're trying. I hope you heard uh, Dr. Awesome. He is thwarting our efforts, and we will be persistent. We will be victorious. We will get you out of there, Aaron. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. But I do have to say, even though those magical eggs that you're eating or whatever it is, and it's, it's it's letting you hallucinate back to season one, episode 11. You made one excellent point because I finally, finally understand what all the white dots were for. What's that? And it, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but consistency, planning, thought, it actually went into it. It's no. all of the nail holes that they needed to nail in in order to hang all the white curtains for <laughs> the actual birthing of the baby. Oh, my goodness. I think you solved the entire mystery of Under the Dome. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Full props for that, Troy. And Aaron brought up so many great things about season one, those flashbacks that don't matter at all with what's going on now on the show. They've all been forgotten except for by Aaron. And as far as the most recent episode, Aaron makes an excellent point about, you know, when we saw the baby moving around in Eva's stomach before it was born, it did not look like a human baby moving around in her stomach. It looked almost reptilian, like your traditional star child baby. Actually, but then it's born and now it's a baby. Well, actually, we've seen that before on an extant show, which is also an <laughs> Amblin Entertainment property. Of babies moving around in mommy's tummies. So, yes, that effect has already been done elsewhere as well, unfortunately. But I, I just want to point this out. If you listen to that one episode we did where we talked about the black box episode from Radiolab, uh, just because you don't see a butterfly now doesn't mean those wings aren't tucked away inside because I am pretty sure baby child will be in a cocoon and then come out with those butterfly wings, that giant black moth. That they're teasing with me on top of the Blu-ray box. It, it's coming. I, I, I have a feeling it's just going to come. I need it to happen. Troy, I do too. I mean, I love your theory. And the way things are going right now, I need your theory to be right. That the final scene that we see on Under the Dome this season, the final, probably, final season of Under the Dome, is that giant dark butterfly landing on the dome and carrying it off into space. I think that would be the perfect most sensible ending to the show. Oh, so what you're saying is play the tone generator that Joe's building and it will summon maybe a giant black moth that will then carry the dome and fly it away. <laughs> like, Whatever. It's, like it's lifting off like a, like a, a casserole top or something. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Flying away like a giant casserole top. Oh, that's so or funny. Giant contact lens. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Um, let's see. Okay. Let's jump to Neil. We haven't heard from Neil in a while. Neil, take it away. Hello, this is Neil from Bowie calling into Under the Dome Radio for Under the Dome Season 3, Episode 11, Love is a Battlefield. An episode which strangely had no Benatar references that I could tell. Uh, Christine says, Earth's a wonderful place, but it's not that great. Apparently there are other aliens coming. Christine says humanity needs the kinship to save them from other aliens that destroyed her original world through the use of pink stars perhaps we don't really know how anyway instead of trying to forge an alliance with humans she keeps on killing them when she is done with them such as eva whom everyone expected to die once the new queen absorbed the goo from out of her speaking of eva it must have been one of the easiest births on record a term of only two days and in labor for hardly any time 
Now, how could Barbie not realize that giving Eva the baby to feed wasn't going to be a bad idea? Well done, Barbie. So it appears that the acting on team was moving so quickly that we saw on film there, that, and they stopped the way into the dome because the government was after them and wants them dead. No idea at all why this is the case right now, but I presume we'll find out in the final episode. Last episode also, Hector was going to stop all efforts to bring the dome down, but maybe he's changed his mind this time. Now I presume he knows he's going to die if, he did, if the dome doesn't come down soon. As far as season four, I think you Packers fans need to get behind Under the Dome Green Bay. Brett Favre is back to save the world. We'll see what happens next time Under the Dome. Thanks so much, Neil. Calling in at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine, or using the SpeakPipe app from your device. We got lots of great stuff this week from everybody. Thanks so much, and I love how Neil has comedy right off the bat there because he couldn't tell that there were any Pat Benatar references on this episode because that's how bad the singing was from Joe. Joe was bad. I mean, bad. Twice they did it. Twice. Very bad. And go pack, go to Brett Favre, the gunslinger. Little Dark Tower reference. The gunslinger coming into Under the Dome to save us all. Go pack, go. That would be fun and interesting. It'd be something different uh, that it would. Well, instead of a football, he'll be clutching a giant brown laced up space egg. Ooh, that would be interesting. Maybe like the AFL, the Australian Football League. Very similar oh, shape and size. Those people are dangerous. They, they could probably take a note from the NFL and wear helmets. That would be advisable. And maybe uh, face pads or something for the jumping high thing that they do where they knee people in the chin. Oh, I love it. Sounds like a blood massacre that could actually happen under a dome. It does. <laughs> This is my football. That's right. Uh, let's go to Bill. Bill, welcome back. Here you go. Hi, Wayne and Troy. This is Bill from Kansas City. Look, this show is ridiculous. Oh, really? You're going to find one red hair in a barn filled with hay and no, it's Christine's? Maybe the kinship is trying to help humanity? Barbie really thought that once his newborn daughter started breastfeeding that he would get her back? Are you ready for a season of Outside the Dome? Remember the butterflies? Did they magically disappear, and will they magically reappear in the finale like Acteon did? I only tune in at this point for the big gym zingers. By the way, each one of my sentences starts with a letter that spells out the name of a certain beloved Green Bay Packer head coach, and yes, in the spirit of the show, I wanted to give you the answer as soon as possible. I give this episode 4 out of 10 Aaron Rodgers discount double checks. And as an aside, do you think that Indy wants to break out of the dome like the chief from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Do you think he looks at the craziness of the show the same way the chief looks at Jack Nicholson in the final scene and says to himself, nope? Mm, interesting. One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest reference. Now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I don't think we've had one of those before. Bill, very nicely done. And four out of ten Aaron Rodgers discount double checks. I can't wait to see some of those this season. I absolutely had to double check if I was actually watching this this week or not, because it was so not what it had been the last few weeks. And Bill also agrees that the best part of the show are the big Jim zingers. Yes, I, I think that without those this season, the season would have been worse than season two. I, I still think season two is pretty darn bad. And three at least has a continuous plot line story. So that gives it at least some benefit of the doubt to be higher than season two. But without the big Jim Zingers, yeah, then it'd probably be worse than season two. But the comedy is oh good. The comedy is good. I think even with the big Jim Zingers factored in, it's not as good as season two. Oh. And if it weren't for the big Jim Zingers, I'm of the opinion that this would be the absolute worst thing I've ever had to watch. But thank goodness for Dean Norris and the big Jim one liners, because they really do crack me up because the way he says them with so much gusto and conviction and just that look like, I think he's the only one on the show who knows that this is a farce. <laughs> and uh, Bill referencing, and you might not get your voicemail played next week, Bill, if you keep this line of talking up. Uh, but uh, ready for a season outside the dome? And oh, you know, no. And you know what? We were at the end of season one. Wouldn't it be awesome if they could get outside the dome and there'd be other domes? That would have been a great story to go to quote one Ben Avery. If you would have done that sooner, I would have bought into that. But now, no, I'm I'm out. <laughs> Sorry. 
Oh, what are we going to do? Stuff. What are we going to do? Panic. No, we're not going <laughs> to panic. No, not yet, because we still have one more voicemail. That's right. We have Barb checking back in. Take it away, Barb. Greetings, Sir Wayne and Sir Troy. This is Barb with feedback on this week's Under the Dome epi, Love is a Battlefield. I'll give this one three blessed events. I was going to give it a two, but I want to leave plenty of room at the bottom for what I pray will be the final episodes of the series. Under the Dome did not disappoint this week with yet another tangled mess. With lost references and possible tie-ins to both Falling Skies and Extant, it was enough to make one begin screeching Pat Benatar songs at the top of their lungs. We now know that love doesn't cure all, but apparently breastfeeding an alien baby does. That may mean that there is hope for Nori, but it doesn't exactly give any of the menfolk in the kinship a chance. If they all must be killed to rid the world of aliens, perhaps Hector and Big Jim can line them up and give Nori more target practice. I'm hoping that Lily has misplaced her trust in dormant aliens and new BFFs, Hunter and Nori, and that they will turn on her and kill her after everyone else in town has been eliminated. Nori already said that she didn't feel anything after killing Harriet, so why not become a mass murderer like dead-infected Saeed from Lost, or one of the zombies in The Walking Dead? That might be fun, but it's probably too much to cram into the final episodes. We missed our favorite character, Indy, this week, I'm sure he's out auditioning for a new job that will utilize his superior talent. Can't wait to see where he lands next. Thanks for all the humor. Hang in there, guys. With luck, the dome will be down forever. That's what we are hoping for, Barb. Great to hear from you. Excellent points and bonus points for the lost shout-out. Very much appreciated. Anytime we can get those in, right, Troy? Absolutely. They're the things that actually we look for. Between that and Dark Tower, Stephen King references, the lost ones are always good because then we can compare which ones are actually on the mark and which ones are way off and should never have been touched, like the uh, cliffhanger scene. Yes. We we heard from some lost fans when they accidentally happened to see that episode of Under the Dome. Oh, boy, they went there. How do you, uh. how do you accidentally happen to see it under the dome? Well, I mean, I don't... You're just flipping through the channels at three in the morning. Oh, this looks good. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. They use that lost thing. <laughs> oh. oh, dormant aliens, Troy. What say you? I, you know what? I would really be excited at this point to actually see Nori and Hunter become the dormant aliens and be- become kinship again and have like the inside man take down the Acteon crew. At least that would be an interesting twist to the story. I'm, I'm all for it. And then if they take Lily out in the process, Barb, we're all with you. We're on your side there. Oh, I can't believe she used the L word, Lily. Oh, boy. But we can't talk bad about Lily because in season four, God forbid it happens, then we'll be like, oh, we shouldn't have talked bad about Lily. Bring Lily back. (laughs) I'm not going to be at that point, Troy. You'll have to clue me in. Okay. But but she did have two good pieces of good news. One, she didn't want to rate this episode too low. She wants to leave room. For future episodes. And Indy is out on the audition trail. Yes, yes, yes. I wonder which pilot he will turn up in for the fall television season that is clearly coming around the corner. Lickety split. I think it needs his own show where (laughs) Indy can be the star. What if what if we eat some of those eggs that Aaron Arnett Jr. has been eating and Indy's actually the therapist and we're all sitting on the couch? (laughs) Uh, It makes as much sense as anything else. It's exactly right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we're sorry oh the, so the, the dome did it to us not the actual dome the show the dome the dome so troy i i'm going to as you say yield the floor to you you get to pick the honorary under the dome radio guest dj of the week well as sinister and dark as uh dr awesome's voicemail was and actually i do feel like i'm not gonna be able to sleep tonight now um Laughter-wise, I did laugh pretty hard during Mark's voicemail, so my vote is for Mr. Mark from Canada. That's a good choice. Mark Dakote from Canada. A great job, great voicemail. And yeah, while we had our mics on mute while playing the voicemail, I definitely was cracking up. Oh, good stuff. And thanks so much for calling into the show. The, The one good thing about Under the Dome is that there's many Under the Dome podcasts. We encourage you to check out all of them because everyone, all four of us have 
a very different take on the show, and all four of them are pretty witty and zany to listen to. It is definitely a good time. That's the Chester's Mill Gazette, uh, the Chester's Mill Report, the Under the Dome podcast, and of course, us here at underthedomeradio.com. It's a, it's a good family that we've uh, grown here within our own kinship. That's right. We are kind of like a kinship. We are. I love that. And speaking of spoilery, kinshipy stuff, it's coming right up. So if you want to avoid a little bit of talk about next week's episode, you can jump ahead a couple of minutes for the closing and we'll go from there. All the details about the things we talked about this week's episode and how to get in touch with us are at underthedomeradio.com slash 70. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. This is an Under the Dome Radio investigative report. Again, I cannot write this stuff. (laughs) As the domes break down, that's right, (laughs) referencing the fans here, as the domes break down accelerates, the residents of Chester's Mill have just 24 hours. We're back with the 24 references, people. Oh, no. Does that mean we're going to get more times (laughs) being printed on the screen? Please say no. Bleep, 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 bleep. Uh, about 24 hours to ensure their survival on Under the Dome, Thursday, September 3rd. It's entitled Incandescence. When the dome's calcification process accelerates, Chester's Mill has 24 hours before the barriers breakdown will suffocate everyone inside. Woo-hoo. Guess what, guys? Suffocation is a book reference. Yay, we have a book reference. Uh, suffocate everyone inside. While the new deadline puts added pressure on Joe to bring the dome down, Barbie and Julia race to save his child from the kinship. Also, not in the book. Not in the book. <laughs> also, Big Jim tries to manage the increasingly volatile Hector, who is adamant that the infected townspeople never escape the dome. Thursday, September 3rd at 10 Eastern, 9 Central, on the CBS television network. Exciting stuff. I cannot wait. Pins and needles. Pins and needles. And red hairs also in the hay. Yes, I found those as I sat down on my hair cushion in the hay. (laughs) I got to get a hair cushion. Not. Uh, Lily will be back uh, for the third. No, no, We'll also have a Miller guard played by Anthony Reynolds. Uh, Ronald will show up. Hopefully he's bringing some burgers because we're all hungry (laughs) under the dome. Uh, That'd be awesome. Dan Chandler will be playing Ronald, and then Deva Bloom will be played by Ali McCulloch. So keep an eye out for those four characters as they will have, I'm sure, the greatest of importance for Incandescence on September 3rd. And any of the ones that don't have speaking lines that we have not seen before likely will die. That's Spoiler right. Spoiler alert. The penultimate episode of season three. Cannot wait. It'll be exciting, I'm sure. And then we'll be back here talking about it. <laughs> Yes, and right after the East Coast airing of Under the Dome, we jump on uh, Google Hangouts, I guess it's called, and we do a quick reaction cast episode talking about just our quick initial thoughts about the episode of Under the Dome and, you know, 15, 20 minutes and then we're out and uh, lay some groundwork and maybe some things that you can talk about on the full discussion episode. And then, of course, we do put it out as a podcast episode the next morning. But if you want to know right away... And share some recaps right away. Thursday nights, we'll have details on that. And I'm shocked that this is the first time we've actually mentioned our reaction casts uh, and when they are and what all what goes on with them actually in this part of the show. Because if you think this is funny, oh man, you should see the instant reactions right after the show gets done. Or if you don't think it's funny at all, that, that's we understand. But still, tune in. It's a good time. It's a good time. It's uh, right after about 15 minutes after the East Coast feed. You can watch it on YouTube. Just keep a look out on the Twitters at UTD Radio Podcast for the link to the reaction casts after the Dome airs on September 3rd. And with that, we just want to say thanks to all of you for subscribing. I know... Uh, Bill said that our hope is kind of gone over the years, but our hope remains in you because you guys are the reason we do this show, not because of the dome, because of you guys, the fans that are sticking with us to the bitter end. So we just want to say thank you so much. Keep those five pink star ratings and reviews coming in iTunes. You can pause your iOS device if you got one right now and go ahead and leave that review as you finish up listening to the show when you have a chance. 
Absolutely you can. You can even still go to underthedomeradio.com and on the right-hand sidebar, look at all the pretty different styles and sizes of propane tanks. You can sponsor a donation of one of those propane tanks. And for the rest of this season, we will forward those propane donation funds directly to little Ben that you've heard us talk about before in his brave battle with cancer. Yes, and we love connecting with all of you, the fellow Millers here. So head on over to underthedomeradio.com. All the social links that you need to know are up at the top of the page, Facebook, Twitter, etc. But most importantly, make sure you subscribe to the podcast because without those subscriptions, you may just miss out on something hysterical that's going to happen between Aaron Arnett Jr. and Dr. Awesome as the saga continues for just two more weeks. <laughs> Oh, it just rolls on. We just thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Under the Dome Radio. We don't take your time lightly. We just try to make it fun because that's what it's all about. Please share your thoughts and theories on the next episode of the podcast at underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. And until next time, I'm at Wayne Henderson. And I am at Troy Heinrichs looking for a rolling pin to fix my toothpaste tube as we stay trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.